Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I, uh, we take a quote by Ladislaus Boros and delve into this idea of silence, this idea of um, stepping back or withdrawing from uh, society and uh, sort of how this impacts our spiritual life, how it can enrich our spiritual life and um, how silence is not always promoted in in the Christian tradition, um, but how it might be the, the last vestiges of it. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. drcrpod.com is a place to find other episodes or whichever podcatcher you found this episode on. Uh, dreamwalkerway.com is a place to pick up David's book, Desolate Beauty, the book of light and shadow. Um, and you can also find an American Sign Language translation on YouTube of that. And it is also on uh, available for Kindle on Amazon. Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, David Morrison. From the high desert of New Mexico. Broadcasting from the <laughs> Topo Chico studio. It's New Mexico, not like Topo. old Mexico. It's uh, newer. Danny West. Hey, hey. He's in the house. He's not on mic today. Daniel. We're, we're, he's, uh, our producer has set up a new setup for us. It's much more compact. Um, he's not in a booth. Like they show on, oh yeah, yeah, TV, the fancy stuff. Yeah, and and we have. (laughs) If anybody needs any uh, midnight drive uh, merch, we got thousands and thousands of shirts and hoodies. So go to their website and buy it, so they can move it. Yeah, Um, Mr. Borson. (laughs) So we're we're shooting from the hip as always. Uh, Tell tell the fine folks who are listening at home about your app. How we got to this? How we got to this quote? <laughs> so a friend of mine named William. He's from this place called uh, Canada. What's he's up? he's on the other border. What's up? up north? Told me about this app called Friends of Silence, and they have a spinner. Spinner time. Where you baby. could spin and get yourself a little deep quote going on. And, and we so did three spins. We did three, almost yeah, three spins. And so the topic that came up with was withdrawal with the drawl. So you want to read the quote and then we'll jump into it. Yeah. So this is by, uh, an author named Ladislaus Boros. I think he's, uh, just a quick search. He looks like he's from Budapest perhaps. Oh, nice. Uh, probably Eastern Orthodox. And this is from a book called God is with us. And it just, there we go. You want me to read it? Yeah, okay. go for it, brother. It's a little bit lengthy. But he writes, True experience always comes about in withdrawal from the crowd. The original true and proper attitude of the mind is 
as Heraclides. Wow, he's, he's quoting Heraclides. We're getting Greek classical <laughs> shit here. All right. Ooh, he's smart. That of listening to the truth of things. Our journey into the territory of being should be made in silence with wondering, wide-opened eyes. The fullness of truth and reality is revealed only to those who attain to a silence which covers every aspect of their beings, or who, in other words, make their basic attitude toward the whole of being one of delicate and reserved courtesy. For anyone who wishes to hear what is true and real, every voice must for once be still. Silence, however, is not merely the absence of speech. It is not something negative. It is something in itself. It is a depth, a fullness, a peaceful flow of hidden life. Everything true and great grows in silence. Without silence, we fall short of reality and cannot plumb the depths of being. Kierkegaard, who was acutely aware of this, once made the profoundly true statement, silences are the only scrap of Christianity we still have left. That's a good line. Silences are the only scrap of Christianity we still have left. Man, that whole thing is... That's a good one. Big time. Yeah, that's big time. Um, do you want to start at the bottom and work our way back? <laughs> I don't... What? what well, let, let me do it this way. What jumped out to you... Besides that last line, what jumped out to you as you read through that? Well, it definitely feels affirming. Silence is not something that we normally gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had dozens and dozens of people over the years tell me that beyond they're honest with me. They tell me uh, they're afraid of being silent. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of solitude. They're afraid of that kind of thing. And so you need to ask yourself, why? Why is this? And why does it seem well, and that... Well, I think most people know. Yeah, yeah. They're afraid of so. themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why is that, you know? And so often we use faith, we use Jesus to uh, as a barrier to keep, our, to keep ourselves away from silence and mm, therefore mm-hmm. our true selves. Uh, we, can, we use religion as a barrier a safe place to to keep from those ultimate realities. One well, so. and to play devil's advocate, hey, sure thing. when did you really start practicing silence? I think, uh, well, uh, I was an asthmatic as a child. That's true, right? So I was very, uh, you know, there are, the struggles real for those of you who have asthma. You know, especially as a child, right? When you're and back in the 70s and 80s, they didn't have good medicine, preventative medicines. They yeah, only it's had much different, like they yeah, have. Yeah, I, so I was, I was Banaka Boy, had that inhaler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> there was a little bit left in that one. <laughs> and when you're going through a drawer of empty ones and you're trying to get a little oh, bit shit. out, it's a bad deal. It's not hit. good. Or I'd go uh, spend the night at my friend's house. Which, well, I remember we slept in a tent in the backyard mm. and, and I lo- had lost my inhaler. and and so it was just bad. And I had an asthma attack. And so it was just, so my mom would, uh, would teach me how to meditate and visualize and be still so that the asthma attack would go down, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, th- I think that's, I, I have memories also of, uh, hiding a lot mm-hmm. for summer. Like, uh, I remember I was in a pre-K room, like probably a daycare. Mm-hmm 
kind of thing. And and I found a cabinet <laughs> and I was like, this is cool. It's You're like, like a cave. This is my spot. <laughs> and it, I don't remember being afraid of the crowd or anything. It was yeah, just, it was uh, just something that drew yeah, you this it. is just cool. And nobody knows. And I like the idea that nobody knows where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I felt powerful, you know, and, <laughs> and then they're looking for me, you know. And uh, so, I, yeah, so I just kind of gravitated that way. See, um, so, yeah. yeah, so the devil advocate side is I don't, I don't think so the, the, at least for me, and I think it's fairly common because we talked about the people who have confided of like not wanting to sit in silence yeah. and thing of that. And, you know, my, so my experience with that, like having those conversations is, um, step 11 in the 12 steps is, um, talks about prayer and meditation. And people routinely will, because I harp a lot on meditation, just because it's living in a Western culture. It's it's not as common as prayer. Yeah, it, it's changing. I think. I think it's shifting, but still, people like you can talk about prayer, and everyone you know has an idea what that means. And once you start meditation, you're a lot of people's mind automatically goes to like some monk. Yeah, you know, sitting East, on the side Eastern of the mountain. Stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I've had numerous conversations with people like, oh, well, I, I do prayer, but I don't, I don't do meditation. And this, my snarky yeah. remarks like, oh, so you do 11 and a half of the 12 steps <laughs> you know, being, <laughs> being a fucking asshole. But, <laughs> but it just, it goes to your point of this idea of being, you know, worried and, you know, and meditation isn't even silence because there's so many guided meditations and things. Yeah, there's nature, different. But it approaches that idea of silence. And so what I was going to say is, is people's entry point is not usually at silence. No. You know what I mean? Usually you need the loud Jesus preacher and the flag, you know what I mean? To like sort of open or a text of some sort. Yeah. Whatever opens the door to one, to just this idea of faith. Cause that's scary enough and um, misunderstood enough. Yeah, and they teach against it in Christianity a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, Catholic and oh, you mean silence? Oh yeah, 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 yeah right, right, right. Yeah, if you maybe, empty, yeah, if you maybe empty you your mind, about, we've talked about that in yeah. the past, but maybe you could revisit that a little bit right now of, of why or how and why. Yeah, as far back as the 1500s during the Spanish Inquisition, they didn't want people sitting in silence in church. Uh, they they wanted you to fill your mind with. Uh, holy thoughts, uh, and, and the Catholic Church didn't want people reading the Bible either in the, in that period. That's either. true too. Yeah, yeah, let the priest interpret it for mm-hmm. you. And so it's just a control issue. And they've know? only recently come off that point. And now they go too far. Yeah. So now we got a bunch of evangelical Catholics. They're the worst. <laughs> They're the worst people you could ever meet because <laughs> they condemn you on all levels. And so uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm just joking. Uh, and so, yeah, and then in the in the Protestant world, it's it's uh, you got to fill your mind with with the scriptures, or the devil will will you know we'll that kind over, of yeah, yeah, and it comes from that puritanical age. Idle hands are the devil's mm. playgrounds. So you got always got to keep working and moving, and and we're a stressed out society, and we're uh, empty, mm-hmm. uh, shallow. We're very shallow. Um, so, but luckily we have pharmaceuticals. Yeah, to make, exactly. To, we're, <laughs> <laughs> to numb the pain. Exactly. We're all we're a numbed, we're comfortably numb, as somebody said. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pinky Floyd, baby. 
And so, uh, and that we're not that comfortable with it either. Right. Yeah. So. That's a, that's the pro- well. That's the problem with using those things to numb out. Yeah. Is it might work temporarily, but yeah. long term, it's it actually ends up being you know. Well, it's funny too because the topic of this is withdrawal. Right. That was the, yeah, the thing, yeah. and like just you know, as a side note, like withdrawal from opiates yeah. couldn't be more painful. And and withdrawal from the crowd is is I think more painful now mm. than it used to be. Mm. Uh, as a teenager, I remember because I had a very social, active social life as a mm-hmm. teenager. We did all kind. You know, I had a large group of friends, youth groups, and that kind of thing. But I remember taking time off. You know, I'd take mm. a, a week in the summer to not talk to anybody. You know, mm. and you could do that in the eighties uh, because the phone was attached to the wall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so you know, I mean, someone might come over to your house. Yeah, kind of thing. But well, it's, uh, but if you're walking out in the desert, they're not going to find you. You know. So well, but I think also that it, this point is interesting because about two months ago we had one, we had an episode navigating isolation. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. And so I think there is this this very interesting distinction between isolation and withdrawal. Right. Those are right, two different yeah, things. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. where where withdrawals is um, in the way that you're talking about it is an opportunity to rejuvenate, you know, reconnect yeah, with yeah. yourself, um, reestablish some things. Whereas isolation in my mind is more of a long-term thing. It's more of an avoidance thing. You're not necessarily, yeah. you know what I mean? You're, you're, um, maybe you're doing it out of fear. Yeah. You know I mean? And sometimes it's hard to, to know in the moment if you're isolating or withdrawing. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but sort of, you know, how you're able to engage with it, um, yeah. cause yeah, no one's going to find you in the desert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're isolating, you're probably not walking in the middle of the that's, desert. That's what the men in black told me. <laughs> they told me no one's going to find me in the you desert if I don't keep my mouth shut. You can't remember that. <laughs> from what they, I saw. They did the little flashy thing on you. So, but yeah, so what I'm trying to say now, you have this, uh, the fear of missing out mm-hmm. on social media. And so people are, they feel very attached and obligated to to be involved, even though it's a pseudo involvement on mm-hmm. social media. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a greater fear now, I think to withdraw. Well, and, uh, and part of that, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, one of the things that I've been doing for the last maybe week or two when I'm, especially on Instagram, going through the, like the stories where it's like video stuff, <clears throat> or usually it's more so video stuff than just pictures, but um, reminding myself, like when I'm like, oh man, like I feel like I'm missing out when yeah. I'm looking at it, reminding myself like, oh no, this is just that person's highlight reel. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just something, this is a, a five second. It's a snapshot. Good, yeah. yeah a good point even, in their yeah. day. It's like yeah. their day's not any better than yours. No. You know what I mean? And Hashtag so, <laughs> blast. Yeah. But there is this idea of like, oh shit, like I want to experience that, which, you know, yeah. in some cases there's, there's a healthy amount of Oh, I would like to experience that, right? Yeah. Like some of I would like know, a kick-ass sandwich. Someday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, or you know, and some of my greatest adventures have been like, oh, that looks interesting. I should look into that. You know what I mean? And, and then I go visit a place, right? Yeah. But to do that to yourself, multiple hours a day. Yeah. And not not doing it in a way of like, oh, maybe I'll go. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm missing out on yeah. all this great stuff. Which, if you're looking at twenty people's lives. 
and you're seeing just a highlight reel of them, then yeah, it's going to feel like you're freaking missing out on, yeah, that, exactly. on your life is missing out, but that's not the case at all. Back in the day it used to be glamor magazines. And, okay. You yeah, know, yeah. but you could avoid those, you know, you just yeah, see them at yeah, the yeah. grocery store and say, Oh, well, isn't that nice? Oh, look, Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> married Sasquatch this week. That's <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so bat boy, remember bat boy? <laughs> Well, I didn't even know about Bat Boy until our friend, a friend of the podcast, uh, Hugo, is acting in a play I heard about called this. Bat, Bat Boy. <laughs> we need to get him on here and yeah. talk about his Bat Boy experience. His, his acting, but yeah, stuff. so so yeah, so there's an acute fear of withdrawing mm-hmm. for any amount of time, and uh, and so uh, and I, and I've had people even in an angry way tell me, well, practicing silence—that's not real worship. That's not real mm, prayer. Right. That's not real spirituality and and it's like wow okay someone's been reading the devil's catechism (laughs) (laughs) what are the i'm gonna mess it up is it chick tracks oh yeah 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 they they probably speak against silence oh yeah yeah good old chick tracks um well one thing i want to delve more into is is that 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 last quote about what was it silence is the last scraps yeah true christianity his quote of Soren Kierkegaard, who was a theologian in uh, 1800s. Okay. Yeah. Silences, I like how he, it's plural. Silences are the only scrap of Christianity we still have left. Oh, silences. I didn't even catch the yeah, plural like that. aspect of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and we definitely talk about it a lot. How do you interpret that as far as silence as being the last true scraps of, of Christianity? Well, I, I see it as religion versus, say, spirituality. That's kind of the common popular language to use. Right, right. Uh, and so what happens is religion, and I'm not against it. It's just, course, it works, yeah, yeah, it works until it doesn't work. You know, when I think that, yeah, I think that's where we're going to get to. Yeah. So, so there's your, so there's your religion as, as, as it is a social and cultural thing. So Christianity as a cultural mm-hmm. thing, you know, oh, uh, you were born in America and you happen to be a Christian. No, that's yeah. not how it, right. uh, you know, this, this country has always been a Protestant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wasp country, white mm-hmm. Anglo-Saxon Protestant country, uh, Felt it when I was a kid, just being a Catholic, you know, even though I'm, I'm cockazoid, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I could, I felt it even then, you know, yeah. when you had to sell chocolates for your Catholic school, <laughs> people were not get, very nice. Get, getting that, getting that door <laughs> yeah. slamming. Yeah, your you face. fish eater. Get out of here, <laughs> Kathy. Mary worshiper, uh, that kind of stuff. And, um, look what they did to the first Catholic president. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just listened to a wonderful podcast about that. So, well, it wasn't about the, well, it was, but it was more about the, the conspiracy. Yeah. Behind yeah, it. yeah. yeah we watched, but it, it was a reasonable, he was, he was trying to pick it apart in a reasonable way. Yeah. It wasn't like for, he, he said, the point is not to say if, if it was a lone shooter or, yeah. The CIA, it was just like picking apart both sides. Anyways. Yeah. So, so, so Rest you have, peace, yeah. JFK. So, so you have religion and it, and what it does is 
let's say your life is a, an empty room. So it fills that room with stuff, with doctrines, ideas, practices, obligations, participations. So you're filling it all the time mm -hmm. with stuff. Uh, and part of that is to learn. Yeah, and like it has its place. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but when you begin to go into true faith, authentic faith, that stuff starts being removed. It's the opposite direction. Mm. So it's an emptying out. Well, and the popular term now. Oh, deconstruction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it gets I, deconstructed. I had, I had my deconstruction last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had like, it. Oh, okay. I experienced my deconstruction. Really? What's different in your life? Oh, uh, well, I love Jesus more. Oh, okay. Jesus is my own yeah. boy more. It's just like, uh, so yeah. yeah. So it starts, some of that stuff starts melting away. Yeah. You know, like you know, maybe there wasn't literally a talking snake, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, there wasn't, uh, dinosaurs on a boat. You know, kind of thing. Velociraptors. Je Jesus didn't ride a velociraptor. <laughs> Although it makes a great meme. Uh, yeah, uh right. anyway, uh, and so, yeah, as you begin to experience life as the complications of life, uh, the, the, the depths of relationships, you know, these, these things, these cliche things that you believed begin to fall mm -hmm. by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And so, so really you're left with, uh, uh, these scraps of mm -hmm. silence. The silences are the only scraps of Christianity we have left. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's supposed to work that way. That's, uh, it's called, uh, kenosis. It's called the emptying out. It's the experience of the cross. Jesus very uh, says this multiple times, and or at least the communities that represented those gospels. You know, uh, if you want to come after me, take up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, so it's an emptying out. It's a mm -hmm. laying down, and so it really does feel like you're left with just scraps of 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 things, and it's uh, and the silences are what you have left. Yeah. When it, I think a lot of times those, the catalyst for some of that emptying out, one of our favorite uh, prophets and theologians, Michael Tyson. I've heard of him, yes. Uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched <laughs> in the face. Yeah, exactly. Um, and not that someone's going to punch you in the face, but... but, but life will, yeah. Life is going to punch you yeah. in the face. In some way, whether, you know, whether it's a loss, whether it's a health um, situation, uh, yeah. whether it's, you know, some kind of... Just some situation you you don't see coming, right? right? So you have all these contingency plans, and then yeah. life happens. Yeah. Um, and that's for the only for you know those contingency plans are usually for the people that are super organized. You know what I mean? So yeah. someone like me that's not very organized, um, you know, um, and so you experience that chaos, and and some of those things, some of those um, cliches and things like don't hold up. Yeah. Right? And, and they, they're sort of forced to melt away. Yeah. And then a lot of times people will then start questioning some of those other things, you know, that maybe wasn't directly connected to whatever they're going through, but it's yeah. like, okay, well, does this, does this still make sense to me? Does this still seem yeah. uh, authentic in my religion, my spirituality, my, my day-to-day -day life? Um, and that's hard for a lot of people to oh, yeah, start yeah. questioning that. It's, it's Dumbo's feather. Mm. Right. The guy, you know, the elephant who could fly, uh, but he thought it was the feather that he was holding. It's been a long time since I've seen this right, cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see the Tim the Burton catalyst. remake. Uh, Wait, who made a remake? I thought Tim Burton made a remake of that, didn't he? Pop culture, like, man. It was like a Disney remake of 
Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought Tim Burton was the director. I just know the old school cartoon. I'll never watch that again. When that scene with his mama and the she's in the cage and they're rubbing Troy. No, I'm not watching. Di- fuck you, Disney. Okay, I don't even know how I know that. But anyway, uh, Danny yeah. getting this with the Googs. I remember being five Google years it. old and my mom <laughs> took me to see Bambi. Yeah, <laughs> Bambi's like, not that one. It's awful, man. That one is yeah. That one's way <laughs> terrible. Way different. Anyways. I mean, they made it up for to me, and they took me to see Young Frankenstein, and it <laughs> changed my life more so than Bambi. Thank of God. Of course. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. so he thinks it's the 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 feather, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's and then and then the big show comes right the. The, the, the apex of the plot, in, yeah. and he, he's gonna ju- and he loses the feather, right? And then, and then he something happens where he gets. I think he gets pushed off. I think Jiminy the most. Cricket tells him. Jiminy Cricket, you gotta love him. <laughs> get, get in there, Dumbo. <laughs> Start flying. Yeah, I think he. I think he lights a big lighter <laughs> under his tail and makes him jump off or something. I don't remember. Either way, but he's able to fly without the feather, mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of the way the those things work. You know, these those cliches, those religious. And, and they're not, some of them are legitimate, authentic, life-altering, peak experience uh, transformations in your life. Mm. But but they end up being the feather. And then ultimately realize it's all just a cartoon that was <laughs> based all, on a children's well, book. <laughs> we're all just LARPing, <laughs> yeah, as you so, and I have established. So then that, yeah, so that's another thing to talk about another day. So, yeah, um, but but it was real. Dumbo's feather was real. In his mind, it did make him fly, right? And so that's all I'm trying to say. Spiritual placebos. Well, and yeah, and I mean, the, the placebo effect has been even proven it's real. to be yeah. real. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it doesn't just have to be in a medical um, context, right? Like yeah. there's other contexts in our lives. So I guess... For you know, and and I know we've talked about this in the past, but it's I think it's really good to revisit, especially in this converse the context of this conversation. But as someone like let's say someone's in the middle of that deconstruction, for, yeah, you know, for lack of a of a a different word, kind of makes you throw up a little in your mouth when you say that <laughs> word. <laughs> but you know, what do you point to for, to someone of like, hey, yes, this all seems like it's falling apart, and but it, you don't have to throw it all away. Yeah, because we usually go to all or nothing thinking on it, right? You know, uh, and so they'll say, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm an atheist now. Well, you just all you did was switch, mm-hmm. you flipped the coin is all you did, <laughs> and so uh, it's you know so so I would ask them the question: what, What's giving you life? Mm. What causes you to serve others for no reason? Uh, uh, what Where's the compassion in your life uh, and follow those things, you know, uh, um, a lot of people condemn themselves too. So that is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so, yeah. So where can you find grace to give yourself? Well, and one of the tricky things too, I think is in, and you could speak this much better than I could, but just from a handful of conversations I've had over the years, uh, a lot of times, or not a lot of times, it seems common that their church community will push back or condemn them if they start um, vocalizing some of these doubts that they're having 
Yeah. They get gaslit, right? Like, oh, well, oh, yeah, you got to yeah, believe yeah. in Jesus more. You got to pray more. Yeah. If you just show up to more meetings, if you would just give more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there are always people willing to grift you out of your time, energy, and money. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's in every, every aspect yeah, of life, it's not, not just, just in, church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Work will do that and then give you a pizza party. Like, yeah. Hey, here's some dominoes, buddy. So yeah, there's always someone willing to do that. Um, and I would, I would definitely, on some levels I would suggest, uh, going to a, a therapist actually, mm. because losing your community is a, can be a traumatic, is a traumatic thing. So I was just talking to someone recently who, yeah, the, this pastor, he, he was a true believer, the mm-hmm. whole thing and was really into it. And this pastor talked him into buying, uh, uh, church equipment on his credit card. And, uh, what do you mean church equipment? Like sound equipment or okay, something. Okay, PA. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, this, yeah. For, on this for young man's Yeah, for the church. Card, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, you know, and then of course they, when they were done with him, they throw him aside. And so it's a very traumatic experience and that's very common. Wow. This happens. That's I can't tell you how common this is, how, how these grifters are out there. And, and they're, like you said, it's not just in Christian churches. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. I'm studying the UFO thing again, and the grifters there. I mean, they're everywhere, <laughs> right? If you just do this meditation practice, well, even, UFOs will appear to you, and that kind of thing, and well, they'll even, enlighten you. And, and it doesn't. It's not like if you're rich, you're going to be any smart about it. Because I, I was talking to someone recently about Bernie Madoff. Yeah, like he targeted millionaires and billionaires, yeah. and and did yeah. it yeah. for decades. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's in the so, financial markets as well. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, and just to go back to your example, I, I had this conversation maybe two years ago, maybe even longer, but it was a, a couple and they were helping out at a church and, you know, basically the same thing that they just got ground. They were asked to do more and more and more. Right. And, more and, and they and, will. And, yeah. And, and they were because, you know, they're, they have, they have a very deep faith. Right. And so right. they, they believed what they were being told um, doing more for this church. You know what I mean? Like right. you're going to get bonus points or whatever. Yeah. I, it wasn't that wording, but you know, the essence of it. Yeah. And finally they just got burned out and they had to step away. Right. Yeah. And, and like, and they and, got gaslit and they got told that their faith what, was lacking and, and yep. even stepping into a new church, they immediately have to be guarded yeah, when they start getting asked what to or asked to do shit, right? Exactly, because they already, you know, they already played that. You know, they played that yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And it, it as as their friend, it's it's tough to witness because I know they want a faith community. I know they want, you know, they do probably want to engage in doing stuff. Yeah, but it's like, you know, learning that boundary, right? And yeah. like, and so the easy one, especially if it's a new community, just put up like, no, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. They have to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and they, I mean, I don't want to say too much about them, but they have children. So they got, you know, yeah. when they were doing it before, they didn't have children. So, that, you know, time was a little bit different, but now, you yeah. know, they have children now too. And so it just, it, it was, it's a very interesting thing to watch in that context of like, um, you know, I'm not going to call the, well, whatever. I don't know the person. So, you know, I don't know if they're a grifter or not. But I do know they leaned on this couple yeah. in an excessive way. And I've heard you your story. I've heard Marsha's yeah, story. Yeah. I've heard the Steele story. You know what I mean? Like the, it goes on and on. And it's like, yeah, people, that's 
That's what happens. It seems yeah. to be a common and it's any volunteer organization too. Same well, thing. That's There's the thing. Always the need is so huge. Well, for all organizations, especially nonprofits and volunteer yeah. ones, ten percent of people, probably five percent of people, do ninety percent of the work. Yeah, I would say it's even less than that now. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, like three uh, percent do. Yeah, ninety percent of the work. Ninety-nine percent of the work. Yeah. or something. Pareto principle. <laughs> so, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> nice. See, I don't even know the t- I, was I knew trained was- in all that volunteer, <laughs> manipulating volunteers. I'm I'm at the point wherever I see the word leadership, training of any sort. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see the word leadership it's anymore. I see the word manipulation <laughs> and just manipulate people. And and so yeah, I, I have an idea. If if someone out there who's listening to this podcast <laughs> Our ten, our ten faithful are in that in that cycle, that vicious cycle, and and of guilt of not participating in organization because you know what will happen, and but you don't. I would I would say maybe try this: uh, quit your organization for a set amount of time, three months, six months, a year, you know, pick a number like that, uh, and then pick uh, three people. A group of three, and and the three of you get together and you decide you're going to do a very simple spiritual practice together. Mm. You know, maybe you're going to sit for 20 minutes in silence, uh, or you're going to study something mm. together, a book mm. or just you know a Bible study for 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 a certain amount of time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're going to do some sort of service together. You know, the three of us are going to go and clean up trash in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, something very a community service thing. Something sustainable too. Yeah. And do that for uh, an abbreviated time period, uh, you know, already set time. So it has an ending to Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. And then, and then see what happens, you know, I mean, I'm just throwing that out of my head. Well, it's funny too, because I I had a conversation and the context is a little bit different. So the conversation I had with someone was they've been doing the spiritual practices. They have a community and they're feeling called to service. Okay. And I was like, well, what kind of service do you want to do? And they're younger. They're like, I don't know. Volunteer. Their exact work was like volunteer work. I was yeah. like, well, yeah, obviously. You just asked me what, what volunteer work there is to do. because yeah, there's a lot. You know who I'm talking about. Um, I don't know who you're talking <laughs> I'll, about. I'll tell you off, off <laughs> mic. So I said, I said, I said um, <laughs> well, what interests you? And they're like, ah, I don't. You know, they were kind of wishy-washy. And I was like, well, here's this is what you do, you know. Um, you know, I, I I said like I referred him to Abby because she knows a lot of volunteer oh, yeah, opportunities. Yeah. Um, so, some holy opportunities. Yeah, and I said <laughs> I said I said for the next twelve months, once a month, find an find an opportunity, and go uh, volunteer for a day. You know, for two hours, four yeah. hours, whatever whatever you can fit into that day, and let them know up front. Like I can just do I can do this day. Yeah, you, you know, gotta let them know. You know, front. let you know, let them know ahead of time so they have something for you. Because that's another thing. Like if you just show up, sometimes they're so busy just trying to keep the day to day thing yeah. running that they don't know. And do that at you know twelve different volunteer places. And at the end, you're gonna find one or two that you feel connected with. You're gonna feel connected with the people you worked with or the actual service you were doing. Um, you know, and and um, and then we dug into their interests a little bit more, and and they like music. I was like, dude, school's about to start. Find a find an, a school that has an after school program and and 
teach little kids guitar or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know, say you can show up once a week to do that, you know, or once every other week or something. Um, But that, that's the other thing is if you're at this point of like wanting to dive into service, you know, find, find, find things like that where you you can, you can dedicate, you know, just whatever your schedule allows, like maybe one Saturday a month, you can do three hours, you know, whatever you, whatever, you know what I mean? And just, it's twofold. One, it, you know, make sure it's sustainable. I think that's one of the things Two, um, set that boundary, not only for the organization, but for yourself. Yeah. Right. Because I know for me, I can get excited about something and then before I know it, I've yeah. overcommitted and, and not just, you know, and, you know, in, in all aspects of my life, whether it's work, yeah. volunteer work, um, spiritual, you know, life, whatever. Um, and what was the third uh, point? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and if you can't do that, one of the pitfalls of that would be if I can't do this big volunteer gig, then I suck. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, 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 right. Exceptionalism. I think we've, yeah, yeah, we've yeah, done. Yeah, right. If I can't make a huge difference, then, you know, I suck. And I am. So try, if you, if you don't have the, that kind of time at all on you, because you've got, uh, your work sucks and sucks up everything. Mm-hmm. And then your kids your and family. your family and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, then uh, wipe a counter at work, mm. you know, and and do it so no one sees you doing it, mm-hmm. and uh, and you'll know why you do volunteer work mm-hmm. at that point anyway. That it's not to be known or to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, pick up some trash that you know the parking lot or something. Mm-hmm. You know, takes five minutes. Yeah, I mean that's so that's even something I've been wrestling with the last couple of months because I've um. I've been back in touch with a couple of the guys you and I went to visit um, the asylum seekers and me thinking about like doing that again because I mm-hmm. loved it so much. But it the emotional toll it took. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Of like going and seeing the good and the bad. Right. Because the, the couple of guys it was overwhelming, got, yeah. got asylum and, it was, you know, the joy, you know, in fact, um, Ted Bob Claude were coming up on his four year anniversary. Yeah, when he got got There's out. Time gone. Um and then the other side of it of like, you know, the couple of guys that got deported, you know, and sent yeah. back sent back to their dangerous situation and and just um because I have the time, <laughs> but I don't know if I have the emotional equity to exactly. step into that again. And it, it just it's been an interesting thing to sit with over, you know. And if I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably, I'll probably never do that again. Mm. You know, at least in the the near future. Yeah. Just because of, of the the as much as I love those guys and feel still to this day feel connected to all of them, it just the highs and lows was just yeah. a lot. You know, yeah, what I mean? it was huge. And, and at the time, well, well, it's two things. At the time, I'm glad I didn't know that going into it when we first started, and for whatever reason, at the time, I was I was equipped to. Have you know have those like have that as part of my life? I I had the the emotional wherewithal to Ooh. step into that. So that's another thing to to be mindful of. You know, it's not just a time thing. You know, it's in some situations there's an emotional. Uh, I don't want to say toll, an emotional investment that you you may or may not be ready to take on as part right. of your life and it it needs to be thought about right and so you know going back sort of to your your idea of of um the recommendation of getting sitting with a therapist right and speaking through things of that nature um 
that's someone in your life where you can you can bring those sorts of things yeah and they into you know do an emotional inventory there you go yourself yeah um so go, going back I, I i just i love this um the quote right the last scraps of christianity and so yeah silences are the only scrap of christianity we still have left so so sort of evolving past so you know let's say someone has gone through this deconstruction type thing and they're kind of coming you know they're feeling good coming out on the other side and how, how do you here's a good example i know so like for the community we use we commonly use lectio divina yeah. right which is a mix of scripture meditation silence and seeing what what it it brings up in you right yeah. so how in your life today do you walk that fine line of scripture um tradi- right communion which is a is a tradition of the of the church yeah um so some of these uh parts of the religious side that still feed you and still uh, add to your spiritual life in conjunction with silence. Right. And so sort of finding this happy medium of like some, you know, we've already touched on some of that religious stuff. One, it's a good entry point and it still serves a purpose long-term. Yeah. How does that play out in your life or, or how do you find the things that are helpful for you yeah. In conjunction with silence. Well, I know for me in my late twenties, early thirties, I, I just made a heart, a heart level commitment to the liturgy mm-hmm. and it's just stayed with me. And it's kind of like that saying, you know, you find, you, you seek after a discipline, a spiritual discipline, okay, a spiritual thing. You seek after it, you find it, you begin to practice it. Uh, you keep it. And then, uh, and then it, it begins to keep you, right. it begins to practice you. So liturgy for that. And then, you know, and sometimes it's, it's not something like, Oh, I love this. It's just something, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just do. It's just a part yeah. of my life. And it's, yeah. you know, small incremental changes over. Cause some days you're not going to want to do that stuff. Yeah. Whatever it is. And so since we have a gathering, a committed gathering, then usually, you know, so that gospel reading mm. is, is something I give myself to. Uh, sometimes deeply, sometimes not, you mm-hmm, know, just mm-hmm. depends. Sometimes it's a discipline, more of a discipline mm-hmm. than, than an automatic thing. Uh, the Eucharist, same thing. That was the original burning on my heart. Uh, the, the sacred heart of Christ vision that I had when I was 12 was in the context of the Eucharist and communion. Uh, and I had to throw away the, the Catholic brand of it. Right, 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 right. right yeah. And so that, became a scrap, you know, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. so that's, that, yeah, that's a really good example because yeah. you really are, you, um, you're committed to the, the Eucharist. Yeah. And it doesn't look like what you would see at Catholic mass. Yeah. And I'm it's, not against that. Own, right, 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 right. I, I feel but very much at home at, it's your own thing. Yeah. 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 I feel very home at a Catholic mass. Uh, but Yeah. And to clarify, I said it's your own thing, but it's your own thing in the context of a long fucking tradition. Like right. It's not like you're just making, you know, you're just shooting from the hip, making something up. Right. You've taken this long tradition that goes literally directly back to Jesus. Yeah. And 
engage with it and with the community in a way that's authentic to you, a way that honors the tradition yeah. and a way that um, hopefully feeds others spiritually. As yeah. Well. Yeah. It's, it's what, it's like what Cynthia Bourgeau said, uh, you know, Jesus never asked anyone to start a church or an organization. Mm-hmm. He just asked them to get together over bread and wine and allow the spirit to breathe in interabiding love mm-hmm. for one another. That's so, so it gets, yeah. So, so your, your religious organizational uh, commitments begin to be reduced to something very simple, simple community, simple interabiding mm, love over bread saying. and wine. Mm-hmm. I know people that were very involved, uh, took monastic vows even as a married couple. Uh, and uh, every parish they were a part of, you know, they were fin- big financial backers, mm. always there when the doors were open. And that stuff has just been reduced in their lives. Uh, you mean as far as like the engagement? The, all those outward, yeah, mm-hmm. commitments. So they, you know, they would take a trip to, I don't remember where, they, they were a part of some order uh, in Europe. So they'd mm-hmm. go to Europe for the right, convention, right, right. you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And they were very committed to these mm-hmm. outward mm-hmm. things in the first half of their lives. And now in their second half of life, it's, it's just... It's different. It's very simple stuff, yeah. yeah. So... Well, and I think that's what the the funny thing about silence is, is it, it's so scary and it's so simple. Yeah. And if you can stick to the discipline of silence, it's going to take you to this place of simplicity. Yeah. I don't know many people that engage with silence on a, on a regular basis, that their lives have become more grand and extravagant no. and, and more consumer and more you know what i mean all yeah. these all these things that, that were like we say point to a quote-unquote successful life you know and, and i think i think that's part of the reason people are so terrified of engaging or at least in the western culture yeah, i can't yeah. speak for other cultures um i guess i can but <laughs> it'd be, it would be very uninformed no yeah the contemplative there's a contemplative industry for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. You know, where people learn the language mm-hmm. of, of the mystics, the language of mm-hmm. contemplatives, and then they, uh, you know, they sell shit. They sell merch on it. And speaking, speaking I, I, yeah, of, in fact, I posted on dreamwalkerway.com. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, buy my book. Uh, Get the book. Yeah. Well, I, I, I posted a haiku on Instagram, uh, you know, so please follow me there. I'm an, I'm an influencer. <laughs> a, I'm a contemplative a ins- influencer. Uh, but it's, 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 it has somebody saying, uh, so the first line is, uh, non-dual consciousness, mm-hmm. uh, said the self-proclaimed shaman. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then the last line is the desert wind just laughed at them. So the realities of these things just did you get did you get more feedback on that one than normally? No, I don't get any feed. Oh, I basically I, I get so few likes. I could I could literally say to the people that like my stuff, uh, "Hey, I'm going to the gas station. Y'all need me to pick up something for you." Uh, it's my mom. It's you guys. That's about it. Oh, um, well, no, uh, that one specifically. I had two or three people send me a D because I posted it on my stories. Oh, about, okay. Like, I didn't you know, know like, that. Yeah. Um, so that one, that one. It's funny. That one resonated. It seemed to resonate a little bit more than some uh, of the other ones I posted, and I, and I think it's because of this shaman influencer yeah. type. 
Yeah, so twenty year old person saying I'm a shaman. It's like, oh, and there okay. are legitimate shamans out there. Don't get me wrong. There are, yes, they're, but you will never. But they're meet in them. the silences. <laughs> you will never find them. They're deep in the Amazon. They're deep in the desert. Exactly. They're on top of a mountain. You're not going to encounter them. They're, they're not on Instagram. They're <laughs> hidden in the silences. Um, Unless their millennial manager makes them post stuff on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> to move that those books. <laughs> How many books have you sold this week, David? <laughs> You're behind on your oh, quota. Shit. Um, yeah, so we're we're coming up close to time, and and um, whether it's the whether it's the that quote specifically or anything else from that longer quote that's on your heart or mind this, this morning or this afternoon? Is there, you know, is there anything else sort of that has come to you that we haven't, we haven't spoke about yet? Uh, I'm going to, I definitely want to go look up. Why did Kierkegaard use, I, I'm guessing he wrote in German. Mm. Uh, why did he use the plural silences? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That's very yeah. interesting. I, I kind of have a picture of when you're hiking or you're in a, you're in a wilderness you're on the plain of a wilderness mm-hmm. and you can see the layers of uh, mountains, those layers of. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, or when you are hiking out there and you think. Yeah. Um, there's one mountain I'm range done, a little and then bit closer. Yeah. yeah. And then you, but you can actually another, see three or four. Like, oh my God. Yeah. When am I going to get off this mountain? Uh, those are, those are the, that's how I kind of mm. think of the silences, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And, uh, and the, the fact that there'd be a multitude of silences speaking to you in your soul in your life that's a that's an intriguing thought to me well not only so yeah that is actually this the plural silences is is um yeah, watch watch it just be an error in translation right. <laughs> <laughs> which probably <laughs> but the other thing that i've i've thought about during our conversation is right we talk about the communion of saints and, and this idea of tradition which i do think is important you know, I sort of look to the Orthodox and the Catholics in that realm. Like that, I think yeah. that's, I think that's what I would say that idea of the communion of saints, you know, so, so continuing the Eucharist, but also like honoring the people that have come before us is something I, I respect in Catholicism and, and the Orthodox. Yeah. And then. And the perennial the perennial tradition too of, of, you know, first nations people. Right. Yeah. Right. The ancestors. Um, and then sort of, uh, and this is something I've, I've wrestled with for years. Um, uh, the Quaker side of things where they're, they have such a deep reverence for silence and they've built it into their, their, um, what's it? service i guess I yeah, don't, justice, I, their meetings their yeah. meetings and um and it has reverberated out in such a way um in fact um i was having a conversation with my cousin about this last week and you and i have talked about it but you know how how early they were to denounce slavery yeah and they did it wasn't like they did it overnight right like no it was a sloppy they, shit show like everything is they wrestled with it yeah they, you know they they came back to it you know went away, sat in silence, had conversation, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and just how 
and there's many other traditions I, you know these are the two be- yeah, that yeah. have come to mind because of this specific conversation and this specific quote but that you know just these bits and pieces of like really beautiful things of different christian denominations yeah um and it's kind of taken the shattering of the glass right if we think of the glass as as christianity you know and we just throw it on the floor and and the shards and everything else represent the the denominations how um there's so much beauty in the different broken pieces yeah um but it it only got that way because of so many you know because of disagreements because of arguments and shit shows and oh i know better and this and that you know the human side of it has created and that's just an idea that I've, i've sort of been not wrestling with but just pondering as as this conversation has unfolded yeah just it it births a creativity of, uh, and not just a creativity of, you know, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to make some music, but a creative way of living. Exactly. And I think I've mentioned this before, you know, since Oppenheimer is a cultural phenomenon right now. That, Did that you know movie, he made a atomic bomb? I heard this. And Someone poisoned all of New Mexico. So, well, yeah, he <laughs> definitely poisoned Southern New Mexico. Anyways. Yeah, they didn't even, they didn't even tell these ranchers in the area. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. You might not want to drink the water. And you might want to move. No, they didn't tell anybody. <laughs> you might anything. not want to consume that. And they beef. have not been compensated, by the way. Right. Yeah. Nevada has been, but not New Mexicans. And oh, so, but there's some legislation that looks like it might bust through. And but anyway, but that's that's on our minds, right? And 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 the nuclear age is something. It's always been in the in the shadows of my life, right? Yeah. Of all of our lives. Uh, in the seventies and eighties, it was, you know, the, 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 the red dawn scenario, mm, you know, the, mm-hmm. the communist Russia is going to push the button, you know? Yeah. And, and then when the, and when the, when the, the Berlin wall fell, it was kind of, all right, it's over nuclear. <laughs> uh, it doesn't <laughs> exist not, anymore. Blow each other up it's, anymore. it's, it's hammer time, you know, it's all the nineties. And, and then, you know, and then I guess when Trump, went in the office was like, Oh my God, this guy will push the button. <laughs> so it came back into our lives mm. and now it's kind of bad. But anyway, well, all, the North Korea thing too, with them testing. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I th- yeah. And then I think Trump gave a, it was all, it was he gave all right a famous speech time. about that, right. To North Korea. Something uh, like it's going to be death know. and destruction <laughs> for you. Or he gave, probably, yeah, probably. He shook it. Yeah. It was a, but anyway, uh, I just remember he tweeted at them. I didn't know there was a <laughs> speech after. But, anyways, anyways. And I think I've mentioned this before, but in two th- I believe it was 2005, uh, a group of Japanese monks oh, right. uh, had taken the flame from Nagasaki or Hiroshima, uh, put it in a lantern, and wanted to return the fire to its place mm-hmm. of birth, which is the Trinity site in White Sands. Mm-hmm. So they, I, from what I remember, they landed in San Francisco with this lantern and they walked all the way to the Trinity mm-hmm. site in New Mexico as a pilgrimage to return the fire and to close this age mm-hmm. of the, the atomic age in a spiritual sense, you know, what, who comes up with that kind of stuff? It was in the silence, right? It was in their yeah, practice of silence, silence and they discern that together. And that's a very profound and powerful thing. And nobody really knows about this thing. Yeah. I, I tried to find it. I think someone tried to make a documentary and I don't think it, even got finished. Well, I'm so, guessing the monks were like, no, we don't want to talk about it. 
No, no, they're yeah, they're not. We're not interested. No, they didn't. Uh, media was not invited mm-hmm. to this thing. The only reason why I found out about it was because I happen uh, happened to know the. I guess he was the head of security at White Sands, mm-hmm. and so non-military security, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told me about this story, and he was he was touched by it. He yeah. got to see this ceremony that they did at the Trinity site. It's profound. What well, in. And it's just so beautiful. And, and one of the things I've been wrestling with, because it, in the last two weeks, the conversation has been the negative side of the nuclear age, right? Yeah. And the positive side of that is the power we could be. So we talk about green energy, right? And the power we could yeah. be creating by safely using reactors. Yeah. And I, and I know it's possible because I lived on a thing that the our only form of power was a nuclear yeah. reactor and i did that for four years so i know it's you can harness it in such a way that it um it could do a lot of good for it's humanity. it's cleaner yeah than it what could we do have a lot now. of good yeah. for humanity but we're so focused on the bad side of it which i'm not saying there isn't a t- you know the the explode the bomb side of it but there's also a, a yeah. there's also a and gift waste, in that. Uh, nuclear waste. Right. What do you do with that? But um, but uh, but your so electric just, stuff is not. It's just it's it's on the grid, which is dependent on oil still, and so it's it's causing just as much heat. And then the disposal of electric batteries and that kind of thing. It's not. It's not a green golden age, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, right, 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 right. But it could be. It could be it nuclear. Could, be. could get yeah, us yeah. There. Could could help us get that. Oh, and because of the cultural, yeah. 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 Anyways, that's a whole nother um, thing. Where where are we at? Fifty-six. Woo! Wow, yeah. man. We, we. Hey, man. We just got right there. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Hey, man, that's crazy. Hour. Uh, do you have anything else? No, I, I mean, just thinking of those Japanese. I want to live that way. I want to yeah. live creatively that way. And the silences they are what produce that in your life. So beautiful sound bite at the end there. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Danny West. Thank you, Mr. West. Was the new setup successful? Yeah. We got a new compact. I think I said at the beginning it's we got very a new sleek. Contact, compact. I might have to sell off our equipment and recoup some of that cage. Um, thank you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. Thank you, Danny West. Thank you, uh, Jacob Media, uh, Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, and um, I know I made a joke earlier, but dreamwalkerway.com <laughs> is a place to pick up a, a book. Uh, the Kindle version is on Amazon. Uh, Desolate Beauty, Book of Light and Shadow can be picked up there. Um, I need to talk to you about finally doing the audio book <laughs> that we've put off for a year now. Oh, yeah. Um, and... American Sign Language version. YouTube. Search Dreamwalker Way and you'll get it. And Danny edited that for us too. Uh, So yeah, thank you for tuning in and until next Tuesday, we'll talk to you then.